Welcome to NYC Now, your source for local news in and around New York City from WNYC. I'm Janae Pierre. Dozens of tenants who were allegedly charged excessive broker fees in New York City will get more than $200,000 in restitution. Governor Kathy Hochul says it's part of the state's settlement with the real estate brokerage firm Citywide Apartments that also includes a $50,000 fine. A state investigation found that, in one instance, the firm collected more than $20,000 in overcharges from a tenant searching for housing. Hochul says the firm has committed to changing its practices. The firm did not immediately respond to a request for comment. The primary race for a congressional seat in the Bronx and Westchester is heating up as incumbent representative Jamal Bowman kicks off his campaign. WNYC's Michelle Bocanegra has the details. Bowman is facing a primary challenge from Westchester County Executive George Latimer, who's criticized Bowman's stance on the Israel-Hamas war. Bowman has described Israel's attacks on Gaza as, quote, genocide, and his re-election kickoff felt more like a war protest than a campaign rally. He repeated calls for a ceasefire. If we weren't fighting for freedom and humanity and equality and our children, they would not be coming after us. The pro-Israel lobbying organization, APAC, is supporting Latimer. Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez attended the event to support Bowman, calling the race a critical inflection point. The primary is June 25th. Stay close. There's more after the break. Everybody's got a story about a piece of music. I thought this is the greatest thing I've ever heard. It's about pure experience, pure connection, pure joy. This song allowed me to survive. I'm Terrence McKnight with a new season of The Open Ears Project. Every Monday in under 20 minutes, you'll hear a different guest share their story. So you can start your week on the right note. Listen wherever you get podcasts. Before the Holocaust, Fritz Grunbaum was a Jewish art collector and cabaret performer known for ridiculing the Nazis. He also raised two children after their own father died in World War I. Last week, the Manhattan District Attorney's Office reunited the descendants of those children with two pieces of artworks the Nazis stole from Grunbaum while he was in a concentration camp. WNYC's Samantha Max has the story. Fritz Grunbaum was once a household name in Austrian Germany. He sang. He was a comedian. Here he is introducing one long-winded joke. And he was also an outspoken political dissident. He risked his life mocking the Nazis on screen and on stage. Grunbaum was also a prominent cabaret performer and is said to be the inspiration for the MC character in the Broadway musical Cabaret. After the Germans invaded in 1938, court records show, Grunbaum tried to flee the Nazi regime. But he couldn't get across the Czechoslovakian border. The Nazis arrested him, and he spent the rest of his life in concentration camps. He died at Dachau in 1941. But even at Dachau, the comedian put on shows for his fellow prisoners. Even when he was, he was dying, 
Attorney Raymond Zoud has represented Grunbaum's family for nearly two decades. He says Grunbaum was still cracking jokes just two weeks before his death, when he stood on the tables and put on a New Year's show. That's how he kept their, their spirits alive. While Grunbaum was at Dachau, prosecutors say, the Nazis inventoried and impounded his hundreds of artworks. Then his collection disappeared. Petra Winter with the National Museums of Berlin says the Nazis often confiscated Jews' assets, including their art. Maybe the art was later sold to make money. But it took until the fall of the Soviet Union in the 1990s for researchers like her to really start looking for stolen pieces. Now, Winter says, her team in Berlin has returned more than 350 objects, which the rightful owners often sell or donate back to the museums. With so few Holocaust survivors left, she says, it's important to share their history. We really try to communicate even more the stories of the Jewish families, of the former owners, and not only the story of the object. In the U.S., descendants of Holocaust victims have two main pathways to get their artwork back. A federal law allows the heirs of Holocaust victims to sue for stolen property. Prosecutors can also bring criminal charges and seize looted art. The Manhattan DA's office has an entire unit dedicated to stolen antiquities cases and has returned thousands of artworks and other precious relics. That's how Grunbaum's heirs were recently reunited with two of his drawings. Thank you all for taking the time to share in our celebration. On a recent Friday afternoon, the Manhattan District Attorney's fluorescently lit office transformed into a quasi-art gallery. At the front of the room, prosecutors displayed a couple drawings worth a combined $2.5 million on small wooden easels. You have two drawings before you. Matthew Bogdanos with the Manhattan DA's Antiquities Trafficking Unit gave some backstory on the artworks, girl with black hair and portrait of a man. Both of these drawings first were prepared, drawn, sketched by Egon Schiele, owned by Fritz Grunbaum, Stolen by the Nazis in 1938. Bogdano said the two drawings were laundered through Switzerland and then sold to a gallery in New York City. Eventually, they made their way to Ohio and Pennsylvania. Last year, law enforcement seized them. Now, they were returning the artworks to Grunbaum's heirs. <laughs> Timothy Reif has spent decades searching the globe for Grunbaum's lost art collection. The two were related. Grunbaum was Reif's grandfather's cousin. And after Reif's grandfather died in World War I, Grunbaum helped raise Reif's father and uncle. Reif says seeing the art up close made him feel more connected to a family hero. These were on his walls. He looked at them. He loved them. The DA's office has now returned 10 artworks to Grunbaum's heirs. Reif's family is auctioning them off at Christie's and using the proceeds to fund scholarships for artists so they can pursue their passions just as Grunbaum did. Reif says the performer was known for his generosity and would often give loans to musicians, stagehands, and other theater workers. He never asked for repayment, but he knew they were too proud to accept a gift. So he was looking out, he was always looking out for other people. Rife says his grandmother used to call him Little Fritz Grunbaum, but he didn't realize what that meant until many years later. I guess I was a little mischievous, is why I think she did that. And um, all I knew was that this was an honorable thing to be called, that she did it with love and honor. 
Before his grandmother died, Rife says, she wrote a manuscript about Grunbaum's life. She thought only she and my dad and my uncle would ever remember him. Rife says getting back pieces of Grunbaum's art collection has allowed his legacy to live on. That's WNYC's Samantha Max. Thanks for listening to NYC Now from WNYC. Shout out to our production team. It includes Sean Bowditch, Amber Bruce, Ave Carrillo, Audrey Cooper, Leora Noam Kravitz, Jared Marcel, Jen Munson, and Wayne Schulmeister, with help from all of my colleagues in the WNYC newsroom. Our show art was designed by the people at Buck, and our music was composed by Alexis Quadrado. I'm Janae Pierre. We'll be back next week. There's a lot going on right now. Mounting economic inequality, threats to democracy, environmental disaster, the sour stench of chaos in the air. I'm Brooke Gladstone, host of WNYC's On the Media. Want to understand the reasons and the meanings of the narratives that led us here? And maybe how to head them off at the pass? That's On the Media's specialty. Take a listen wherever you get your podcasts.